Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of an Ex-Mormon. I'm your host, Allie. And on today's episode, we have an anonymous interviewee who has uh, come forward with some pretty heavy topics. So a little bit of a trigger warning there. Also, this episode did need to be split into two separate episodes uh, due to just how much information we tried to pack in. We actually had to do the interviews on two separate occasions. And so you also might hear some background noise. I apologize for that. I was in a different setting during this time over in Cambodia, actually. And so my uh, situation just wasn't ideal for that. Also, apologize for being out for so long. I know I took a extended break. Hopefully that will not be the case in the future, but life gets in the way and this is more of a passion project. Anyway, hope you enjoy today's episode and uh, look out in about two weeks for the next one to come out. Hello, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for being here today. Uh, Well, thank you for having me. We're talking at the same time. Yeah, (laughs) I'm excited to have you here. It's okay. Um, We're not doing video today, so it's a little bit harder to see what the other person's saying. Anyway. um, Yeah, that's true. So I don't know much about your story in general. All I know is that uh, you left the church probably a few years ago as well. I mean, we haven't been in contact in many years. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been a while probably um I'm gonna I'll say Oakcrest because that leaves further on anonymity I don't know how to say it but like you you get what I'm saying like it's been like that long yeah (laughs) um yeah yeah it's been and I honestly I'll say I haven't actually removed my records from the church I won't do it (laughs) um and that sounds weird right considering I haven't been in years. Um, You're right, it has been years. But I am, like, when I I first started, like, separating myself from the church um, more and more, it was was after I I had already married. Um, And as soon as my bishop, like, at the time, and and this was in California. I actually lived in California, um, in Southern California. I think where you said, near where you said you went on your mission and uh this bishop um started sending missionaries like crazy over and i realized like with my family and with like some of the leadership of the church that if i withdrew my records i would have missionaries at my door like all of the time (laughs) and so i just don't want that and or the drama. Yeah. Like I've had my, I've had family members give my um, addresses out, like my addresses as I've moved because my husband's military out to the church and had missionaries show up on my door. Like, and I, even though I've asked everybody yeah. like refrain from doing that. So, yeah. So I just yeah. know it would cause like an uproar. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm technically still a member. I, I remember us actually, when I was a missionary, we would visit 
the less actives, more that we would visit the people who like weren't members or who had left. So it's very possible that you're just getting visits because your family is telling the missionaries to go. Um, yeah. Removing your records might actually get them to see you less, but that was how it was in my mission anyway. Oh, that's good to know. Cause see, I, I didn't serve. So I, I, it's just like a, a worry I have, I guess, you know, like, especially if like my, my family found out, then it would be like an even harder push to like, um, get her back into the flock or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm the black sheep of my family. I'll, I'll say that. Um, I'm the one that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, brought that nobody wanted to talk about so here we are <laughs> yeah, my, my brother left first um I don't know if you listened to that episode my brother did leave the church first yeah. but I've been a black sheep in a lot of different ways I mean I'm doing a, a freaking podcast so <laughs> they're definitely not uh, happy about that amazing. uh yeah I, I would <laughs> imagine so and it's been uh yeah it's been a trip the do it just like doing the podcast and stuff they're my family's uh, they're good people they're you know they're not like yeah, bashing absolutely. me for it or anything um they don't really don't really listen to it but that's fine yeah yeah it's still, it, it just, doesn't, it still doesn't mean that it's not going to cause like some stress <laughs> yeah they're definitely good people <laughs> you yeah, you all are good people. so um yeah there's <laughs> no you. there's no doubt about that but <laughs> yeah, I actually, I actually really looked up to you as a kid, like grow, like growing up. I was like, oh my gosh, Allie, she's amazing. She has a beautiful voice. She's so pretty. Like, oh, like you're just, sweet. <laughs> Thank I'm you. not even kidding. I'm not even because you were like, you were part of that older friend group, you know, that, you know, yeah. and, and it was like all the younger girls were like, oh, like, <laughs> It was, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're nice. Thank you. Have you seen Have you seen the movie? Um, I think it's called uh, "Don't Worry, Darling." With like, it has Harry Styles um, in it, and then the actress no. that in *Midsummer*. Okay, so you might not get this reference right now, but like, I almost feel like when I left Utah, I was like, you know, the main actress in it when she went and like touched the home base and like escaped and everything i don't know it's you have to, it's like a dystopian movie that's just like i'm like oh my gosh this is scary <laughs> and sometimes growing up in utah felt that way like very step like very fake almost like i was in the truman it's, show it's its own like, bubble yeah. yeah yeah it's a bubble yeah. like when people say it's a bubble they're not wrong <laughs> no no i call it the bubble <laughs> like like I when I'm like I, I'm like I left the bubble and now I'm in the real world <laughs> yeah, yeah so and I've, I've been in Italy now for a year and pff, that's been a whole nother trip like most people here don't even know what Mormons are they keep asking me questions like I'm Amish like or like I was Amish and I was like no not Amish <laughs> Mormon <laughs> but <laughs> You're like, no, not as cool, but I'm sorry. I don't mean to, no, slight again. I didn't mean to, but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> um, 
but they, I know they have their own problems, so I'm not going to like minimize that. So, um, no, no, I think, I think organized religion a lot of the times, no matter what it is, does, but specifically I can only talk on the Mormon experience, which I'm over here feeling even a little bit guilty saying Mormon and not Latter-day Saint, by the way. Like, that's how, that's uh, how, yeah. like, enmeshed, like, my brain became in, like, this is the truth. This is the way. Like, because um, mm-hmm. I guess that changed. Like, you're not supposed to call pe- Mormon people Mormons. Even yeah, though there yeah. was a whole campaign, like, from, I think it was Monster. There was. Or, I'm a like, Mormon. Yeah. I know it. I yeah, live I'm it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that talk. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a movie that came out. <laughs> like, yeah, in theaters. And yeah. I don't, I'm just like, it's always switching. It's always changing. It's it's so interesting to me, like, looking back on some of the history, like, how ironic, quote, you know, quote unquote, it was that during, like, the civil rights movement, like, in, like, the 70s, the church was like, oh, you know, now will extend the priesthood to everyone or whatever. I, you know, oh, not everyone, mm-hmm. not women. <laughs> um, but right. it's just <laughs> very, uh, very, you know, coincidental. The revelation. Yeah. Things are always changing. Yes. Which, yeah. you know, I think is some people will say that that's like a good thing and other, like that the church is always growing. But then I, to me, I thought the whole concept of the church was bringing it back to its pure, pure form of like yeah. when Jesus was there. So then why, why have, why bring something back in its purest form if it's going to be just changed again and again? Exactly. I mean, why are they going to, why, why are we going to refer to ourselves when we were Mormons as a peculiar people and say the phrase, I mean, how many times have I heard it? You know, it's not, the doctrine it's the people like we need to follow the doctrine like it's it was pushed to be a certain way and it's just coincidentally you know changing as the times change because i think they're losing numbers that's my theory they're you know they have a lot of young adults Mm -hmm. who are coming out of the church going something is wrong and uh and Mm -hmm. you know it's a numbers game they i mean they they make billions of dollars oh it is yeah like yeah they're they they i don't know how they've you know kept their non-profit status because they you know have their own business entities i mean then there's Mm -hmm. the problem you know bishops being instructed to call what is it kirkland and mcconkie before calling the cops in like abusive situations Uh what (laughs) yeah yeah there's been stories of of bishops from from victims um you know who have you know well and even even you know ex-members who have been leadership saying you know i was told to do this you know protect oh really the pedophile and you know villainize the victim especially if the victim is a girl or a woman especially Mm. and it's uh, i've i've seen it i've experienced it to some degree i mean not having heard a bishop or any leadership call the law office for the church but um i have heard i have heard and read stories of it so Mm. um 
I mean, I could see that. And I think it's interesting that you mentioned that because my dad was Bishop, as you know, for many years. And he, when I had asked him those kinds of questions, I think like there's a handbook for that. And as I'm aware, anything that had to do with abuse, so marital or child abuse or like sexual abuse, they were required to go immediately to authorities. Um, But anything underneath, like below that, I think was just considered like, you know, spiritual counseling and things like that. But that's kind of a problem for me too anyway, because like a lot of these people are just normal people like they don't I mean what I mean is they don't have any kind of training <laughs> for like therapy yeah, yeah, they, and those kinds they, of things they, right thing. yeah I mean it's not it's not I, I think it's a I think it's a system a systematic like problem like it's like a widespread issue that is innocent people you know it's the sheep leading the sheep <laughs> like uh it is. You know, yeah yeah the blind yeah. being the blind <laughs> exactly like i mean yeah that's the same but uh you know i i can't say i can't say that i knew what the handbook said especially back i think when your dad was bishop um i have read i think somewhere that this is actually fairly like new like within recent years so Uh i don't know if was a thing back then or if it even is a thing now i've just heard and read stories so it's all conjecture at this point like it's all um you know just well but i read articles too about those types of things happening about like um things not being reported and i could see that because people in the congregation are like your neighbors and potentially lifelong friends and so you know you hear about Imagine being a bishop and this has been your neighbor for 20 years and maybe a friend you went to school with or something, or you had kids at the same time. And suddenly you're like, oh, like he did this one thing that could ruin his life forever. I'm just going to tell him how to fix it and then like not worry about it. Like, like he'll fix it and then it'll be okay. And then it's over. And if God says, like God's telling me that that's fine, then it's fine. Yeah, and everybody relies it's, relies on that voice in their head as as God, you know, and that's right. where you can get a lot of issues because you know you have to have a certain level of reasoning, you know, and not just basing everything on what you think might be the spirit. I think that's where we get a lot of like different offshoots of Mormonism you know, and more Mm, precisely. um, Yeah. Yeah. It's like everybody, everybody's interpreting things and feelings and doctrine in their own way. And some are using it for very, very bad purposes, like um, Mm -hmm. and causing pain to so many. And that's why I was so excited to see that you had this podcast because you're giving a voice to not only yourself, which you deserve, Um, But to people who, you know, maybe, you know, needed that platform to have a voice and to say, hey, this, this happened to me, you know, and I, you know, I I have felt the need to cover it up for years. And 
wow, now these people who are I grew up with and went to school with, maybe a little bit younger, you know, uh, are standing up and saying something and doing something. So I feel like I can too. And I know I'm anonymous on this one. Um, and hopefully maybe I'll one day be able to share my story like with my name attached. But you have no idea how how like hearing your story, hearing your brother's story, hearing um, Rachel's story. Like I, I just, I'm like one after another. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm a little less alone. Like there are other people. Thank you. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> oh yeah. That makes me feel so good. Sometimes I'm like, I'm like, I, this is exhausting and I don't know if this is doing anything for anybody. So it's really good to hear. Really, like, it, I do it enjoy been, it, but yeah, I mean hard. that's what it's for. It's to to help you guys, and yeah, it's exhausting. And as I told you, I've had a I've had a tough week. So for listeners out there, I had like a whirlwind romance out here in Italy, as one does, um, but it did not end well. And um, the guy ended up being like a narcissist, and it was. I was like questioning my own sanity by the end of the relationship, which is a terrifying feeling. And um, so I'm leaving Italy on not such a high note, unfortunately, but I've, you know, I've had to, and I've had to be packing like pretty much all alone and it sucked because I don't have a lot of support out here. I have friends, but I don't really want to like bother them. Uh, So tough week. I wasn't sure I'd even get, on here to be able to interview today, but I just, I needed, you know, I think you needed this and I needed this, need some conversation with an old friend and to feel like needed at the moment. So anyway, here we are. Um, I'm, so let's dive in. I'm a cheer fest. I'm so sorry, Ollie. I'm so sorry. I wish it was, I wish it was leaving on a it's better okay. note. It's okay. I can say. I, you know, I wish I was too, but I'm a big girl. I'm a, I'll be okay. And it's been a, it's been a good experience in a lot of ways. And it's been really difficult and growing in a lot of ways as, as many things are, um, any big change, right. It's going to be hard and wonderful. And, uh, so it's just one of those hard parts. Just got to power through. Um, you can have, it's okay to have bad days though. Having one of those bad, well, bad week really. But (laughs) I go to, I go to Dubai on Tuesday for just a week of like playing in Dubai. So that'll be cool. Yeah. I feel like that that sounds like it's much needed. (laughs) It is. Yeah. 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 Fuck that guy. Get him out of my head and go go play on the beach for a week. That sounds fantastic. Yes. Uh, anyway, enough about my, no, girl, enough of my sock story. I'll post pictures. Don't you guys worry. <laughs> Yay, I'd love to see that. So, um, yeah, your adventures tell are me, awesome. Yeah. I'm there. It's been, it's <laughs> been really fun. Um, being around here, like, the, I mean, it's fun and again, stressful, crazy, expensive. I need to get a job again. 
Uh, hit me yeah, up, people. I, if, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm need so a good sorry. salesman or a public speaker. Uh, you'd be an awesome public speaker, like awesome. I uh, I, I just got to throw it out there. Like I've seen some of like your modeling that you've done. Holy shit! Look at you. You are absolutely <laughs> gorgeous. You're amazing. Like the modeling, like the, I didn't even know you were in Italy for like college and you, you were just like about to graduate, like college, like living <laughs> on your own, like discovering yourself, a podcast, like you get it. Like I, you're amazing. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Don't look thank you. I needed that. <laughs> yeah. How long, how long were you with him? If you don't mind. Oh, this is so embarrassing, but um, it was only like two weeks, but we were together day and night for two weeks. How many hours that is, I don't know, but it was intense. This guy like love bombed me. Um, I met like his whole family and he came Mm -hmm. to my graduation and like showered me with gifts, but then he was being really controlling and didn't want me to go to Dubai. Um. To, told me like he didn't trust me. He was going through all my phone, like all my text messages, my DMs. Um, a lot of red flags in that way. Also, it was so weird when we would argue, which we argued way more than you should with not just a partner, but like in two weeks. Oh my God, we had arguments every day. With anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like <laughs> we would argue and. I, I have a communications degree, right? So I would, uh, I, I do this thing where I sit and think about what I'm going to say, or like I'll walk away and I'll come back because I don't want to say something I don't mean and then have it there forever in their mind. And, you know, that's just bad. That's so, and I learned that about myself. So I, well, so I, I would be silent and I'd just be like staring at him and like processing my thoughts and he'd be like, speak. And I'm like, give me a second. And he's like, he was like, tell me that you care. Like, show me. Yo. He'd be like, yell at me, hit me. Like, show me that you feel something. And I was like, bro, this is, this is not the way that I've learned to communicate what's happening. I would be speechless. I'd be like, what? Like, where does that even come from? Like, and you know what? I want to go back to what you were saying about it being embarrassing. And I want to say as someone who has, um, lived with narcissists my entire life. Well, a narcissist specifically, and then, um, another narcissist later on two weeks of that intensity is going to have your mind reeling. So it's not embarrassing at all because they're doing it purposefully. They are there every second purposefully they are watching your every move purposefully they are trying to get in your head and they are often successful because they lack that empathy that people like you have you know where you want to communicate effectively and have a healthy relationship they want they thrive on the chaos of it all so um you know and and especially in the beginning the first two weeks it's going to be I'm going to do everything I can to show you I'm 110% committed. Like, this is the love story of your life. Like, I'm better than anyone else oh you're going to get. You know, you, <laughs> like, it's it's just, and, it's, and it leaves your mind reeling. And you can't even catch up with how you're feeling or even, like, stop to process, you know, what has been oh done God. or said. So, 
Like it's like a whirlwind, and then at the end, you can look. <laughs> I mean, Everything just- you're saying, I'm like, oh my god, this is exactly what happened. <laughs> like, it, guys, it, it, this has it, turned into a therapy it, session. So, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just talking from experience. Like, I think narcissists all fit, kind of like in general, like the same cookie cutter way of being, and that's for men and women and everyone in between and outside of that like it's yeah every every type of narcissist they're just it's like they have a playbook it's weird so that's why i say it's not embarrassing it's abusive on his part like at the least emotionally at you know the most physically because you know threatening any violence including like harm upon himself to manipulate is abusive and so i hope you don't beat yourself up for something that he did wrong and um, I know it's easy to look and, and, and go, you know, well, in hindsight, well, now you can because it's not a whirlwind anymore and you're not left really. So, yeah, don't don't beat yourself thank, up too much you. because because it's not a you problem. <laughs> I'll just say that. But thank from you. what you said, it's not thank a you, you. problem. I don't <laughs> yeah. You go to Dubai. Yeah. I go get a massage. Like. <laughs> cocktails like go go have fun <laughs> you deserve it i am i am i'm gonna go to the beach i'm gonna go to the club i'm gonna go shopping it's gonna be fantastic yeah. i'm gonna get that man out of my head <laughs> good yes oh can i so crazy can though I literally everything you just awesome. said like hit the nail on the head though everything you said about everything you said about him <laughs> well i don't know really where to start where would what because there's so many i mean you i guess from the beginning i guess i will start i'll start from the beginning so i actually was like the poster child for like i don't know the mormon faith as like a little kid like i look back on my time like my my pictures of the like baby and like i had and this is just from my memory you know as a young child um, probably, and I'll change mm-hmm. the age for certain purposes, probably till I was up, up until about, um, eight, uh, like after, you know, after getting baptized, um, I was uh-huh. just so like naive and loved everything to do with the church. Like I would go to, you know, the, to Temple Square and it was like looking at a princess castle and watching brides come out. Mm-hmm. I would think, you know, those are princesses. I want to be a princess. And that's what I was told. And I had such wonderful grandparents and I have such a wonderful, you know, family and like, like, and in general and extended family, everybody was very like, just wonderful to be around. And I loved the community of it all. And then everything started to change. Um, when my, I, I won't go into details of what my parents' problems were, but they started to have issues and it caused lots of fights. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think as a result of that, one of my parents, I won't say who, well, I guess it's probably going to come out anyway. Um, My my mom, um, I don't know if she started to hold a grudge against me or if it was just like I was the someone to unleash 
her, you know, feelings on. But that's kind of when everything started to change for me. Like, as a child, I could go, I was, I could wear like a two-piece swimsuit. But as soon as I hit like eight or nine, all of a sudden, I couldn't wear anything where, you know, my midriff was showing Mm -hmm. or my shoulders. And um, I understood a little bit the idea of modesty. But I mean, at eight years old, you're not really going to understand much of all of a lot of things. Um, yeah, and this is where it took, yeah, yeah, and and this is before your your dad was bishop, so I'm not going to name mm-hmm. the bishop that I'm about to talk about, but um, you know, as an eight year old Mormon girl, I'll tell you that I had no idea, and I this might get a little graphic, and I'm sorry, um, I had no idea what sex was, right? No clue. Okay. I, you know, uh, I can't even say the word, um, but that's when self-discovery started happening for me as a kid, if you get what I am saying. I can't say the word uh-huh. because I was made to feel so ashamed of it at eight years old. Um, and okay. my mom walked into the bedroom and instead of sitting me down and explaining to me, you know, what's appropriate, what's not, you know, like, just like in an age appropriate way, you know, what's going on. Um, I was mm-hmm. told that I was sinning. Um, and that because I had been baptized, I needed to go to the bishop and repent. Um, oh, dear. And at eight. At eight. Oh, God. Um, and so I was brought by my mom into the bishop's office. And I remember it was during the week at night. Uh, the whole building was dark except for that one little hallway where the office is. And it's like a nightmare thinking about it now. And I remember being brought into the bishop's office and trusting both my mom and the bishop, you know, because they were adults in my life and I was a literal child. And it started with a prayer to, you know, bring in the Holy Spirit, you know, the Holy Ghost, the, you know, the Spirit, and, um, and then it went into confession time, and, yeah, you know, memory can get a little hazy when you've suppressed stuff for years, um, but I do know, I do remember the bishop, um, he went into detail asking me questions, and I won't say what those questions all were, but, um, now was your mother in the room at this time? Yes. And I don't, I don't know if she knew that it was wrong. I can, I don't, I, I'm not her. Cause I think it was yeah. also the, um, result of trusting your leader, you know, this yeah. is a person who's supposedly a man of God. And you want to help your daughter in the best possible way. So, you know, so, yes, she was there. And I answered to the best of my ability. And I have never walked out of a place feeling so scared and ashamed of myself. And for the next several years, I was in and out of Bishop's offices. Um <sighs> kind of going through the same thing um every time i yeah i would i had sinned even a little bit i'd be i'd be 
voluntarily going in there so that my parents didn't have to find out. Because I couldn't yeah. face. You know, I, I have been told that I have evil spirits following me, that I have um, evil eyes. Um, I, I have been blamed for, you know, I shouldn't show my shoulders because Joe Schmo walking on the street might get, you know, an idea and I'm making him sin. So, such garbage. And for, like, for the listeners here, like, our lovely anonymous here is truly one of the most gorgeous women. <laughs> she she really is beautiful. And it's, and as a beautiful woman myself, I can say that. <laughs> you are. Uh, you make me cry. Like, it's so frustrating to be told, like, that what we wear is going to make somebody else do something. Like, suddenly, like, the clothing we've chosen to wear or our hair or our makeup or something gives somebody the right to to think or act a certain way towards us. Like, that is not our responsibility. It never has been. No. So, no. anyway. It's not on us on. at all. At all. It's They're not. in charge of themselves. Sorry. Um. I, yeah, so and I want to know that, <laughs> and I know you know yeah. that. But for I, all well, my listeners out there, I hope you know that too. It took a while to know that, honestly, because you're it's pumped into your brain so much from the get go. I mean, you're born into this life with these ideologies, so it's who who you become at some point because it's who your parents and your grandparents and the rest of your family are. It's who you it's who you are and what you know um so getting that out of your system can take a long time and you have to recognize that it's wrong to start with so definitely getting someone yeah. who has like an unbiased you know viewpoint like say like a therapist or someone who can help you help guide you through that is so important it's so important because it, it can be traumatic um even for, for anyone, you know, leaving that behind, you lose community, you lose a sense of self mm-hmm. and purpose, and it's all about restructuring it, and you're already an adult at this point. I sometimes still feel very angry because I feel cheated out of so many experiences that I could have had had I been a quote-unquote oh, normal child, you know, in a normal yep situation yeah like normal yeah. yeah and normal to me is is what i see now in families you know that are healthy mm-hmm. and and yeah and and it's it's a tank top is no big deal you know um, yeah so. a tank top and a bikini and like wearing like a strapless dress to a prom or something these are all very normal normal things yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) What frustrates me too so much is like, I know you and I both have very similar uh, thoughts on this. Uh, But another thing that I was thinking of is I think there was like a conference talk once, even where was it Elder Oaks? He said, you know, 
girls, if you dress immodestly, you become like walking pornography or something. Um, and I was, I look at that now at the time I thought, Oh, that's why. And now I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. I did the same thing. I'm like, I, I remember even like to, to touch on that. I remember being in church and I think at this point I was in relief society, but I hadn't gone to the singles ward yet. Um, mm-hmm. I remember it, it was either that or young woman's somewhere, but it was like, in a smaller group, I spoke up and I was like, what doesn't make sense to me is that we as women are being held responsibility for the agent or responsible for the agency of men when they, if they have true free agency, they should be in charge of their own behavior and responsible for their own actions. And no matter what a woman is or isn't wearing, you know, what a man does with that should be on him because of agency. And I just remember like the room went kind of quiet and it like it was like <laughs> let's, let's move on to the next topic <laughs> queen <laughs> i'm clapping for you you are great I, I just i there were so many that that's part of the reason i became the black oh, thank you by the way the black sheep quote unquote is because <laughs> i i couldn't stay quiet like i'd be like i'd hear something i'd be like uh, no you want to talk about refugees being a danger to your family? Um, okay, let's talk about it <laughs> because yeah. uh, I have time. Yeah, yeah. You want to be a little <laughs> echo chamber of racism and awfulness? I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I can't, I can't sit through it. That's why I stopped going. I would actually during the singles ward, I would get into my like. I don't know if you remember the car I had, but it was a convertible. Um, I don't, I don't know if you were there at the time, but, um, I would like leave church early during the singles ward and I would like start up my car and the engine was Uh really loud and I would do this on purpose and I would start (laughs) blasting ACDC highway to hell and rip out of the parking lot and just go down back and (laughs) like, why? Cause I was so mad and I couldn't, I was like, I'm so like, I remember one of the last talks at the singles ward that I heard from someone. I don't remember who it was, but she talked about how she got revelation to go off her medication. That was for like a really serious, like mental health disorder. So she did, oh, and, you know, other people should do the same thing. And that was like my last straw. And I was like, I don't give up what, like what anyone like thinks I'm going to do me. <laughs> I, I can't. Oh dear! Like, oh, oh, it made me. It would get me so heated because I'm like, can we? Like everybody says, choose the right. Everybody says, do the right thing. And here I see just people all around me treating other people awfully because of what they've been taught and how they've been taught to yeah. treat others. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's completely their fault, um, but at some point you've got as an adult, you've got to, you know, take a look at your own behavior and go, okay, I'm not a kid anymore. Uh, My parents aren't Mm -hmm. a crutch for me to lean on and, and say, well, this is why I am the way I am. You shouldn't behave that awfully towards people. And I saw all the time in church, it was so just sickening. So especially adults acting like that towards other adults, like, like somehow one person mm-hmm. was beneath another and it was normalized. So mm-hmm. I just, I, yeah. <laughs> Black sheep. Good for um, you. 
Yeah, sorry, I don't really know what I was getting at there. I get, I get so like, I get so passionate about this subject because it's just so important. Um, I did as you should. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I can get into um, what really like made me realize what the bishop did was wrong. Um, probably a little bit later. Um, my daughter's just starting to wake up now about to be it's 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 dinner time and uh um but uh if you want to look up protect lds children i think it's called protect all children now by sam young okay um okay. i be- i i believe that's what it's called it has a database of stories from people who have had similar experiences to mine and um okay. it's amazing so it just is uh, I, I'll get into that and why he inspired me to take a stand and say enough is enough and to protect my own children as a result. So, um, but I'm sorry to cut it short. I <laughs> Baby girl is going to No, no, no problem. No problem. <laughs> but, yes, you're um, a mama. Go take care of her. So I'll just hit stop on this recording. This is the end of part one. Stay tuned for the next episode, part two, coming out in two weeks. I'll see you guys soon. Thanks. This has been another episode of Confessions of an Ex-Mormon. Thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget to rate the show. You can find me on Instagram at Confessions of an Exmo or send me your stories at Confessions of an Exmo at gmail.com. I'm also on Patreon now, so support the show there at patreon.com slash confessions of an Exmo or find it down in the show notes. Thanks for your support. See you guys in two weeks. <laughs>